What's up hiking friends? My name is Owen Hamilton and it's that time again. So lace up your boots, pack the cheese and crackers, and don't forget the relish, and let's go for a hike. This is the Hiker Podcast. So it's been a busy couple of weeks here at Hiker Towers. Uh, as many of you possibly know, if you've been paying attention to me for the last couple, few episodes, I took part in the Art O'Neill Challenge here in Ireland, which takes place, it starts in Dublin Castle um, at 11pm, um, because I'm one of those lunatics that likes to run these long distances, and finishes in Glenmalure, uh, roughly a 60 kilometer route. Well, there's actually no route. It's uh, you've three checkpoints that you have to reach throughout the entire challenge. Um, one being in Kipur or just outside Kipur, another being in the Wicklow Gap, Balnagi Bridge, another at, up at Arts Cross, and then onto the finish line in Glenmalure. Uh, it's a fantastic race. It really is. It's uh, ran by Dublin Wicklow Mountain Rescue, and it's one of their pillar events that enables them to raise the vital funds that they need. Uh, I have to say that the organization of this was mind-blowing. Considering that there was 200 uh, people taking part in the challenge event and there was an, a separate event for where people just ran the road section between Dublin Castle and Kipur Estate, uh, which is roughly about 25, 26 kilometers. But then to manage the, uh, the 200 people that also went on from there to 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 get to Glenmalure, uh, which is mostly open mountain with no routes, uh, and also in the middle of the night. You're talking two, three, four, right through until two o'clock the next afternoon. So uh, massive congratulations to the volunteers at Dublin Wicklow Mountain Rescue for putting such a, an amazing race on, and congratulations to everybody who took part, and to those who finished uh, the challenge and finished the race. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't. Um, I a lot of stuff went wrong. I posted about it on my own Instagram as well. Uh, I was too fast out the gate, uh, but it it really kind of showed me um, the respect that you need to have for these types of events. Uh, I've I've ran ultra marathons myself before. I've done these long distances. Obviously, I've been hiking for quite a number of years, uh, but that doesn't mean that you get a a fast pass to uh, to completing these types of challenges. So unfortunately, 2023 was not my year for Art O'Neill. Hopefully 2024 will be, um, but a, a lot more focus will be put on the training for that. Also, there's been a lot of work happening behind the scenes here uh, in Hiker Terrace uh, for a big release or a big announcement that we're going to make, more so of an announcement. We're constantly releasing things. We're constantly... Uh, releasing new features, new uh, new maps, and, and and things that our users and our hikers are looking for. But we're we're going to announce something pretty big next week, and no one has really done this before in our industry. If you look at all the major players that are out there, nobody has done this, and I don't think anyone really can do this. Uh, so yeah, I would 
highly, highly recommend paying attention to your emails. If you're signed up to our our newsletters, uh, pay attention to our, our social media channels because there's something big coming to Hiker next week. So it's not just me babbling on here for the next 30 minutes. I do have a guest and a really good one at that. Kelly Flowers is the Senior Marketing and Communications Manager for Volunteers for Outdoor Colorado, or otherwise known as VOC. One of the main roles of VOC is that they manage and maintain a lot of the hiking trails and and recreational areas throughout the state of Colorado. We've had a number of different trail organizations, volunteer organizations on this podcast before, but it's really interesting to see what the, the differences are state by state, even on a national level, whether you're getting into kind of more policy, like what we saw with the American Hiking Society. Whereas with Kelly and the VOC, we understand what it's like for Colorado specifically, like what are the volunteer requirements, what types of trails and areas that do they manage and how do they motivate and enable people to become active stewards of Colorado's natural resources. It was a pleasure to talk to Kelly, not just about their campaigns and how they get people to volunteer to become stewards, but also of her own journey. You know, becoming a steward of the land is this realization, whether it be through hiking a trail or seeing a campaign or everybody has their own gateway to it and and I think we touched on that with Kelly where she came from and how she immediately kind of made a decision to not only becoming a steward for the natural resources of Colorado but encouraging other people to do the same and we'll get into that interview in just a moment but first this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Hiker the Hiking Maps app Hiker is the essential app for hikers worldwide. With over 20,000 verified routes across the globe with more than 200,000 accommodation and amenity listings, planning a hike has never been easier. Download maps to your mobile device so you can access them wherever and whenever you need to, even if you have no phone signal. Now, users can access a whole range of premium map layers while planning, navigating, or recording their hikes. These include east-west maps, Harvey Maps, Ordnance Survey, TAS Maps, USGS, Swiss Topo, IGN, Land Information New Zealand, and the list goes on and on. So whether you're planning a weekend backpacking trip, a day hike with some friends, or a long distance through hiking adventure, Hiker will be your guide along the way. Head over to the App Store or Play Store now to download the app for free. And of course, listeners of the podcast can get 20% off any of our Pro or Pro Plus packages by just using the code HikerPod, that's H-I-I-K-E-R-P-O-D, at checkout. Okay, I think that was the longest intro I've done for a podcast. Yes, hope I didn't bore you, hope I haven't lost you. Here's my interview with Kelly Flowers. All right, well, my name's Kelly Flowers. I'm the Senior Marketing and Communications Manager for Volunteers for Elder Colorado, um, also known as VOC, and I have been working with VOC um, for just over five years now. I started in 2017, uh, but VOC itself has actually been around for almost 40 years. We started in 1984, so we'll be celebrating our 40th anniversary next year. Um, but really, we're a nonprofit, and the main thing that we do um, is host volunteer projects throughout the state of Colorado. 
to give people an opportunity to give back to trails, to open spaces, to parks, to really all of the public lands that we're lucky to have here in the state. Okay, that's it. It's a lot of ground to cover. And obviously, we've had previous guests on here with the AHS, but I suppose they they work with groups mm-hmm. like yourself. But Colorado is a big state. I think mean, you've got a lot of yeah. a lot of wilderness as well, a lot of uh, a lot of national parks and state parks and uh, mm-hmm. national forests and everything like that. So how do you cover so much land? How many people do you have working in the VOC? Yeah, good question. So staff wise, we actually have a pretty small staff. We have about 15 or so full-time employees and then two seasonal employees uh, each year. But, you know, a lot of our strength really comes from those volunteers. And we have about um, 1,300 individuals volunteer with us each year. Uh, That being said, a lot of those folks are actually coming out multiple times in a year. And so when you look at all of our volunteer projects, we usually have enough spots for like 3,500 people to volunteer. Um, it's just people come out multiple times in a season, so they take up some of those spots multiple times. And, and, and I suppose, trying to frame this the right way, but is, is that enough? Like, do you need more volunteers or are you always kind of looking for more people to, to join on these projects? Yeah, we're always looking for more people. Uh, you know, about 30%, I think, of the state is public land. So as you said, there's wow. a lot of ground to cover. Um, and so there's always always more to be done. Um, We're lucky in Colorado that, you know, VOC isn't the only organization of this type doing this work. So we actually partner with a lot of similar organizations um, to host projects or to kind of, you know, share volunteer opportunities between us. Um, But yes, we always do need more people to lend a hand, whether that's with VOC or with another organization or even directly with Um, the land managers themselves. A lot of the state parks, for example, have their own volunteer programs as well. And so um, really any way that people can volunteer, we're always encouraging that. Yeah. Uh, And as a a fellow uh, marketeer, uh, I'm sure (laughs) you've noticed like the, the surge in popularity in the outdoors, like Colorado is like an outdoor state like people think of it the outdoors in the united states and colorado is is, comes first to mind but in saying that i'm sure you've noticed over the last two three four years even even before the pandemic that the Mm -hmm. outdoors has just seen this rocket surge upwards is that has that had a huge impact on the work that you guys do Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just in the time that I've been with VOC and then just, you know, anecdotally from what I've heard from other people who have been in this space for longer, uh, you know, yeah, even before the pandemic, just so many people were moving to Colorado, visiting Colorado. It's a really, like you said, popular destination for anybody who wants to do outdoorsy things. Um, And so that was really taking a toll on public lands, just, you know, the more footsteps on the trail, um, you know, it can lead to trails eroding or people going off the trail because they're trying to, you know, find a non-crowded trail and then that uh, destroys the vegetation. So it's definitely a problem that we're trying to address um, and really getting the word out there that we want people to come, we want people to enjoy the outdoors, but it's important that, you know, you're one, aware of the impact that that recreation has, and then two, you're finding ways, whether it's through volunteering or donating um, to help kind of take care of those trails as well. And do you, uh, 
awareness of the work that you guys do and the other organizations, it, it, it might be tough for people like general kind of day hikers or, you know, people who are going out maybe even for the first time or uh, like for, for them to be aware of the work that you do. I suppose this is your job. <laughs> I'm tapping into like, how do, how do you reach those people? How do you make people aware of, of the work that you do? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, definitely a question we're, you know, trying to answer every day. But, um, you know, we're doing it through a few ways. I mean, some of it is, you know, when we're actually working out on the trail, mm. trying to make sure that we're talking to people who are passing by and explaining, you know, why we're out there and why we're doing what we're what we're doing. Uh, we're also lucky to have a lot of good, like, corporate partners who are able to help kind of get the word out um, to their employees and through their own, you know, promoting their own kind of environmental giving back. And we're able to reach a much wider audience through their channels. Um, and then also, you know, just kind of through traditional outreach um, and media outreach. And uh, in the time that I've been here, I have noticed just in kind of the Colorado media that there is a lot more discussion nowadays around um, the stewardship aspect of taking care of those places. Uh, when I first started, it was mostly articles all the time about, you know, the best five hikes in Colorado and all about, you know, how to get out there. And I have seen a shift over the past few years, just I think as more people, you know, have seen the impact and the damage that's been happening to public lands, people are more conscious of it and, you know, looking for those actions they can take. So I think it's just kind of a slow cultural shift, but I think it is happening. Yeah, these things, they do, do take time. And even mm -hmm. personally, you know, the understanding that there is a tra there's an organization behind the trail, like the trail just didn't magically appear there. Like that, right. the mountain didn't form this perfect single track trail <laughs> for you to go walk on. Um, exactly. somebody dug that in and somebody is constantly maintaining that as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and I suppose since starting hiker and since starting this podcast and all the conversations that we've had on this with v a variety of different types of trail organizations and, and trail maintainers, it, it really highlights the importance of, of these organizations on not just maintaining the trails, but like building new trails because this mm -hmm. surge of, of, uh new hikers i guess um it's just going to create such a high demand and if if as you pointed out there if people are going onto a busy trail and all of a sudden it's it, it, like there's too many people or i've seen right. that photograph before i don't want that photograph 200 <laughs> people have that one i want to find something else and they yeah. go off and try and blaze their own thing that's going to have an impact and especially if they're bringing a following behind them so we have to, you have to create new experiences and you have to make them sustainable. Um, yeah. I, I recently actually went to the World Trails uh, Conference, uh, which oh, is nice. a, a part of the World Trails Network. Um, it, it's something I, I definitely recommend you guys uh, to, to check out because we had some of your colleagues from Portland, uh, the Appalachian Trail Conservancy as well were, were there. And just speaking about like, you know, trail uh, trails are a, I suppose, a vessel for sustainability. So getting mm -hmm. more people out on these trails and experiencing, uh, experiencing these trails, uh, that it, it, it has a greater impact on, on, I suppose, the ecosystem um, that's around them. Yeah. I mean, it really, you know, I think 
you know, the more people experience the outdoors, the more hopefully they care about it. And what we hear from the volunteers who come out and actually work on the trail is that they never look at a trail the same way again. And they say, you know, I'm never going to cut a switchback again because now I know what it takes to build one. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I don't want to trample on anyone's work kind of thing. So it can definitely be a really kind of transformative experience that I hope will, you know, get people to long-term and in multiple ways give back to the environment and be more conscious of how they interact with it. Yeah. Um, like the, the power of social media is, is huge. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely massive. And we can see that the reasons for the surge in popularity of trails or national parks or uh, these different recreation areas is, is due to social media. Really? Mm-hmm. It is like it, the pandemic have, had a big impact, but where did they get the ideas? They didn't just come up with them, right. you know? Uh, and then there's, you know, there's, uh, the internet, then you have like hiking apps as well. E- even, even our own that contributed to that, but through these channels now you can sit, start to see that a lot of influencers, a lot of brands are starting to bring forward the, the idea that you know it's not just you know the land is there the land is for for everybody but we need to be stewards we need to treat the land uh, like it is our family member like you have to it, give it the respect that it deserves um again harper back to sorry to the to, to this uh this events that i attended uh one of um i suppose my fellow irishman uh, was uh, speaking at, at the event about how they create trails uh, and one was a really interesting topic actually he spoke on the podcast about it is uh, using sheep wool uh, to bed a trail for 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 making essentially making it waterproof uh, so that if, if water was uh, seeping down so to remove the need of plastic right. and, and all that kind of stuff so I just thought it was really interesting but it, it really goes to show that the amount of work that has to go into creating these experiences. Mm-hmm. So th- that, that little single track trail that you see winding through the forest, someone put a huge amount of effort into making that. So stick to it. Please. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I've heard, um, you know, I went on a volunteer project uh, just this past summer in Boulder and the land manager was telling us it only takes, you know, 10 to 12 people to walk over you know, a patch of grass to start turning that into a trail. And so even just a few amount of people thinking, oh, well, you know, I want to go take a photo over there can really change the environment, you know, negatively um, in such a short period of time. But, you know, through volunteers for Outdoor Colorado, we we try to look at the, the flip side of that of, you know, also 10 to 12 people spending a Saturday working to repair the trail can also have, you know, a transformative positive impact in a short amount of time. So just trying to change the impact that people have for the better. So are you a hiker yourself? You know, I, I would say I'm a casual hiker. I don't do the, the big 14ers where you're hiking for, you know, 12 hours and waking up at three in the morning, but <laughs> I like the, the more casual ones with, you know, just nice views. Okay, and is Colorado your your uh, your home state? It's actually not. I originally moved out here um, for school, and uh, my dad was actually in the military, so I had moved around a bunch. Um, but I've now lived in Colorado the longest out of anywhere else, so it's my adopted state. 
Okay. How did you get into the VOC yourself? So where did that journey start? Sure. So I had actually moved to Colorado, honestly, because I thought it was very pretty and I liked the mountains. Um, And so I had moved to Boulder and basically had seen a a photo of Boulder and was like, yep, that's where I want to live. Um, So that's how I ended up in Colorado. And then I actually had studied uh, advertising at the University of Colorado in Boulder Um, had worked with a a small marketing agency for a little bit and just kind of quickly realized I didn't love doing it just for kind of random companies and random businesses. So I had wanted to move into the nonprofit space and move with, you know, an organization that really aligned with my values. And so when I saw that VOC was hiring, um, you know, nature and preserving nature and kind of the the thing that brought me to Colorado in the first place was just really appealing. Full circle. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So what are the challenges then in, in, I suppose, your role there to, I suppose, get that message out about, about VOC and the work that you do? Well, I think um, kind of going back to that idea that so many people are getting outside and using, um, you know, the recreation trails and the parks and open spaces and really just kind of filling in that knowledge gap where a lot of people just don't understand that, that, yeah, that trail didn't magically appear, that there's actually a team of people working to build it and maintain it um, and really getting that education out. And I think there's a second piece of it where a lot of people who do go outside, they are knowledgeable about, you know, they're not going to litter. They might even be staying on the trail. um, But understanding that, you know, there is kind of a need to take it one step further beyond just kind of responsibly recreating. Uh, because again, even if you're not littering, you're staying on trail, just all of those feet um, on a trail still wears down the trail after a while and can lead to other problems as it starts to erode. Um, and so a lot of it is just education around, you know, what, what happens behind the scenes um, on the trail and on the land. Hmm. Yeah, it, 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 it's always going to be a tricky thing because you can't reach everybody. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm, 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 I'm in your corner here. Like it is, it, you, the, the job for marketing is to reach everybody and it's impossible. Right. Your job is never, ever done. And communications is the same. So um, uh, my heart goes out to you. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Uh, but but it, uh, hopefully it is now with the, I suppose the, I don't want to call it the great awakening, but there is some, level of of people getting more and more uh kind of Mm -hmm. in tune with what's going on uh with organizations like yourselves and and the work that you do right yeah unfortunately i think it has taken a few kind of you know high profile uh negative incidents to really bring attention so okay um you know we've had some pretty bad wildfires in the past few years in colorado and so that i think has drawn a lot of attention just to how much people care about the landscapes here and kind of really bringing an emotional response from people of how they can, can both prevent that um, as well as help kind of restore the land after. And then we also had, I don't know, probably in 2019 or so um, a pretty popular destination here called hanging Lake. Um, Somebody had graffitied all over it. And so that was a pretty high profile incident again, that, you know, really evoked, a a negative emotional response. And obviously we don't, we don't want the fires. We don't want the graffiti. Um, but they have kind of been a catalyst for people 
kind of seeking an outlet for kind of those emotions that it brings and how they can help, um, you know, respond to things like that and improve it. So um, it's taken a few negative incidents, but we, we usually try to highlight the positive um, aspects instead. But yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting thought that, you know, people that have a share, I suppose, share a common interest, the outdoors, hiking, mm-hmm. uh, the environment, um, come together when it's a state of crisis and they come together much more strongly when there's a state of crisis. And you can see that across other walks of life or industries, um, even just take the pandemic, you know, right. the whole world we're like, oh my God, we're like, we're like, we're, we're losing people here and we need to we need to shut things down and people come together and they make that happen um it was an awful thing for everyone to go through but it it was a catalyst that that changed so much about our about society like right. the fact that i'm i'm working here from home you know <laughs> uh that people changed careers people mm-hmm. uh looked at hygiene more seriously there's loads of different things like that right. and you translate that over to, to the outdoors yeah a forest fire you see a, a forest on fire you see that that impact on the wildlife that's there the ecology the vegetation that's there a, a, an area that you love has just been defecated you know it's just been destroyed with graffiti right you're gonna you're gonna like scream you're gonna like go out and do something about it so yeah, it's 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 the the evil that you do not need, right? But sometimes it it works, and I'm not saying that, I'm not saying people someone's listening yeah, to this and go goes out. I'm just, no, I love Colorado. I'm just gonna graffiti all over right. the fourteeners. I'm just gonna go over the the front yeah, range and just like destroy it. <laughs> no, do not do that. Um, but yeah, these things they I suppose history repeats itself, and mm-hmm. it just it just kind of happens all the time. Yeah, and I think you know they provide a really a visual, you know, reminder and a visual representation of, you know, what's at stake. And so I think, you know, people really being able to, to see those terrible things happen, it really, you know, sticks in your brain and, and you're not going to forget about it. Yeah. So 40 years, the VOC has been, is it this year? Next year. So 39. Oh, 2024. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So how are you guys rounding up 40 years? Well, what's the plan for 2023? We're, we're currently figuring out what to do for our actual 40th next year. Um, but right now for 2023, we are currently planning our volunteer project season. So we typically host about, well, we host 60 volunteer projects that are open to the public. Um, and those will take place from April through October all over across the state. And then in addition to those 60 or so projects, we usually host about another 30. And those are um, projects that are for corporate groups. So they'll actually reach out to us and kind of like a team building activity. And it'll be a project just for their, you know, 20 or so employees. So all in all, I mean, we're looking at hosting, you know, close to 100 volunteer projects over the next seven or so months. Um, And we're... Yeah, we're going all over the state. So there's some cool stuff planned um, that we're currently kind of scheduling, but going to some other, you know, kind of well-known places such as Garden of the Gods um, down in Colorado Springs, as well as some lesser known places. Uh, We'll be building some beaver analog dams. So things that kind of mimic beaver dams to help, you know, improve river health. Uh, We'll be, you know, planting trees, planting gardens. One of the cool things that we do 
kind of outside of trails. Um, we actually plant and harvest vegetable gardens here in Denver, and then that produce is donated to local, you know, food banks and homeless shelters. Um, and so we do try to to not just do trails, but kind of do anything that really helps, you know, connect people to the land and also help, you know, take care of nature in any way, shape or form. Yeah, like there's nothing more connecting to 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 earth than like eating like a properly like organic apple right. or, or an organic piece of fruit or organic vegetable mm-hmm. yeah straight out of the ground in a market no it's 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 a uh, definitely tastier anyway yeah. say that for sure. <laughs> definitely yeah and it's nice to be able to offer you know a wide range of opportunities because uh as i mentioned earlier you know i'm not waking up at three in the morning to hike to the top of the hardest mountain i can find but there's definitely people who do that. And we have some volunteer projects where you are hauling boulders or hauling logs, you know, at high altitude. And some people love that. And some people would rather do the two hour, you know, gardening project close to Denver. And, you know, there's no right or wrong way as long as you're mm-hmm. getting outside and, you know, giving back, then it's all it's all good. Um, and so it's it's nice to have lots of different ways for people to participate. So what are the ways that people listen to this that m- might be in the area and might be interested in volunteering? How would they go about doing that? Sure. So um, as I said, we're currently scheduling our volunteer projects, but those are typically announced kind of mid-February. Um, people can start signing up for them in March and there's no long-term commitment. So you can just sign up for one project or as many as you want, really. Um, and then we actually get out onto the ground in April and they go all the way through October. Um, I also want to mention, while we do have, you know, the volunteers who are out there digging in the dirt and hauling the boulders, um, we also have other volunteer positions that um, do play a critical role. So, for example, we also have volunteer photographers who maybe don't work on the trail, but they're still out on a project and they're actually helping take photos of the volunteer experience. And a lot of the photos you'll see on our website, for example, were actually taken by those volunteers. So, um kind of no matter what experience you're looking for, there's there's lots of different ways to give back. Is there a, a newsletter or some way that people can sign up just so they can get that information coming through to their email? Yeah, good question. So our website is just voc.org. Um, and if you go to that website and just scroll all the way down, there's a, a link to sign up for our newsletter. Um, so we do have a newsletter. It goes out monthly right now during the project season. It actually goes out twice a month. Um, so that's definitely the best way to stay up to date about when volunteer projects are announced, as well as which projects um, might be coming up that need volunteers. Great, great. Sounds awesome. Uh, definitely something that I will try and do when I eventually uh, visit Denver. So I'll, I'll make uh, make sure to keep uh, keep that in yeah, mind. Definitely. But Kelly, thank you so much for coming on and, and telling us all about the about VOC, the work that you guys do, and I suppose how you got into it as well, because. It definitely does sound like very rewarding work and, and work that people should be, uh, I suppose, more aware of. And hopefully this podcast can help do that. And uh, and hopefully there's more stuff that we at Hiker can do to help uh, to, to help you with that as well. Yeah, I really appreciate you having us on and, you know, helping to spread the word about about that role that the public can play. And, you know, it's important work, but it's also a lot of fun. So I definitely encourage people to check it out. Great stuff. Thanks so much, Kelly. Great. Thank you. Thanks 
environment, trails, hiking, you know, all those things that we love on the show. Uh, we'll be back really soon with another another interview. Um, and until then, happy trails. <laughs>